filled with a million different types and styles and all of, you know, bodies are beautiful, should be seen as beautiful no matter what, because they all offer something different. Welcome to episode two of Convos with My Mom. I'm your host, Charlotte Horsebaldivias, here with my mother, Lisa Horsebaldivias. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. Um, congratulations. If you've opted to listen to episode two, you've probably listened to episode one, or maybe you didn't. I guess it could go maybe either way. Maybe just a trailer. <laughs> maybe just a trailer. Um, we haven't even, at this point in time, we haven't even released episode one, so we'll see. It's, you know, starting a podcast... It's really fun to record, but it's really hard to go back and listen to when I'm editing, and so that's been a fun little journey that I'm on, but um, welcome. Episode two, we're so excited about um, today's episode, and we have tons to say. Um, I do anticipate this being a two-parter, because I don't... We might get a little long-winded on it. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. There's a ton to talk about, because today we are tackling the topic of body image. We're going to have a conversation on body image, something that we both have um, a ton of opinions on, obviously, as two women of two different generations who grew up very differently. Um, I prefer to use word thoughts versus opinions. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Yeah. You can own your thoughts. I'll own my opinions. Okay. Um... But I get, we, I get called opinionated a lot, so you should reflect on that. Okay, okay let me write that down for the next. <laughs> Do <plot>. not <laughs> click your pen. I don't know if anybody was like listening or even cares, but she, my mom uses really specific pens, and they're like ballpoint pens, and she was clicking it throughout liquid the liquid gel pens. Sorry, liquid gel pens. Okay, don't. Yeah. Do it. Okay. She, <laughs> people are going to think I'm a bully. Um, oh, that's going to be a topic. <laughs> bullies. Um, she was clicking it all episode, so I like warned her. I asked her not to do it, but I also did warn her that I would be upset if she did. Um, but yeah, so we wanted to touch base a little bit on some thoughts that we had post episode one, which was on social media. Talking about it at length, we realized a couple things. One, well, I... I listened to the whole episode to to edit and, like, look at it. I mean, we basically just, like, shit on Instagram. First of all, I titled the episode Social Media, and I I didn't want to change it even after recording it. We really are only talking about Instagram because that is the platform that we use. Sure. We talk a little bit about Facebook. Neither of us use Twitter. No. Well. Do you? Only just to read Reality Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I... I have one and I I can't delete. I have like accounts that I can't delete because I don't know the passwords. So like I have a or Twitter. Or the email that happened with doesn't exist anymore. Right, exactly. Um, TikTok. We do, we don't talk about TikTok at all. But we do have a TikTok. We do have a TikTok. I think I've wiped it by now. But oh man, we had some good stuff on there. We did. Um, but so we talked about Instagram and we basically shit on it for forty five minutes. Right. We Not talk- shit on Instagram, but shit on our relationship with it sure that's that's good that's a good way to reframe that 
I don't, I don't, I, I guess I'll let you kind of kick it off. Like, how do you want to reflect on, on well, episode one before we start? So like, I mean, I mentioned my struggle with it and allowing access and how I felt at times like, you know, unlawfully <laughs> criticized or what it did is it allowed, it gave people access to my life and then that then allowed them to like make critiques or, or assumptions really is a better word. Um, so, and I've like struggled with that. And here we are, you know, doing something very public again. So like, I've really done a lot of reflecting the last week and I mean, it may, may sound funny, but I mean, I have come to terms with it. Um, and I am ready to share our lives. I think that we've all, I've all, I've always been very, you know, open with whatever we're doing, when we're doing it, how we're doing it kind of thing. And then I got a little, you know, anxious about it and, and kind of stopped, but like love us or hate us like we're just doing our thing and i'm ready to go ahead and put that out there and take whatever critiques come my way so i just wanted to i wanted to pipe up on that just because i felt like last week i was just like you know and i did acknowledge that like it was it was i had to figure out how to process it and i had to figure out how to deal with it and now that we're putting ourselves out there entirely like okay i'm i'm ready for it folks (laughs) yeah and bring it on I feel similarly, and I wanted to to reference a conversation that you and I had earlier today. We are also, we are eating cookies while we <laughs> record this, and I, I've never, I don't have a ton of experience being on the mics, and so like, I don't, are you going to hear us chewing? I don't know. We're going to try not to chew in the mic. My mom literally just like turned her head so far away from the mic, so it was not to like hear her super soft cookie get chewed in the, into the mic. Um, just, but, I'm also trying super hard not to click my pen. I'm so sorry. It's so rough for you. Um, But we had a conversation earlier today. I had therapy this morning and had a really beautiful conversation with my therapist about my, like my, my relationship with social media right now, which I don't, I don't, I touched on it in last week's episode, but I, I want to also take a moment to say like, I've worked so hard. I do, I do so much work on um, myself and it's work that I really love doing. It's work that's really valuable to me and it's taken a lot of time for me to, to commit to myself in the way that I feel I've committed to myself in the last, say, I would say since last September, I started to, to, to make a real effort towards like bettering my own mental health in a, in a very serious way. Um, and I've learned so much about myself and and my confidence which is something that we're really going to get in on today's episode but I'm at a place where I am excited to to share my life on Instagram again and and this podcast is also such a such a bright spot in our lives right now and feels really really good and very Mm -hmm. exciting and very hopeful and so I as much as yes my relationship historically with Instagram has been challenging and and complicated I'm excited with where I'm at now and I feel really comfortable being on Instagram and sharing these parts of my life and open with 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 letting people see that in in knowing that like I'm gonna post what I want to post and that's really all it is and I think at the end of last week's episode we kind of got to that point of being like we just need to say fuck it and (laughs) live our lives you know so so and that, take it for what it is. Like, it's literally a snippet of our lives. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. not the entirety of our lives. And for the most part, like, I don't... I mean, I'll put stuff out there. Like, you know, I mean, we'll have an entire episode on grief because I'm <laughs> really quite um, experienced with it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'll post, you know, 
those kind of sad things. But for the most part, like, I just post, like, you know, happy shit. Like, it's, you know, to me, that's what it's for. So, it, it, it's us. Like, this is us. This is what you get. We're we're ready. I'm ready. Yeah, absolutely. And if you put it out, somehow don't know, um, you can follow the podcast specifically on Instagram at combos with my mom. And we want to share this journey in particular with everybody because you'll put pictures of us, pictures and yeah, other things, memes that we love. Um, We love some memes, you know, things like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, so I probably won't have access to it. Just an FYI, in case anybody was wondering what kind of crap that'll be plenty. (laughs) My God. So yeah, so let's um. <laughs> what? Nothing happened just now. Just so well, I just had a memory of like when we had uh, Moto. Yeah. And I would like, you know, I'd be out and I'd be drinking and I'd have a heavy buzz and I'd like post pictures like a hot dog <laughs> or like, you know, not like with, I mean, they were probably blurry. It was like sideways view, like not aesthetically pleasing at all. And she gets so upset with well, I just would be like, did you log in and post this photo or are we being hacked? Like, I just needed to know. Oh, well, no, that was my wiener from last night. <laughs> hot dog. <laughs> to be clear, stop. We were so lucky it was just a hot dog. So this is actually our second venture into, like, <laughs> trying to, <laughs> to capitalize on our um, relationship. <laughs> we had a food Instagram account called, we okay, it was called Modo Eats. People, you know, people all the time are like, what was it, Modo? Right. I'm like, sure. So it was M-O-D-A-U, which to us, we would just call it Modo. Like, we just made that choice, by the way. We, like, never told anybody. We just were like, hey, this is Modo. Modo. Which was mother and daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, actually, if you followed us on Modo and then now suddenly magically <laughs> followed us on our podcast account. You didn't even get a choice. That's why, because I just I just reinvented it. But, yeah, so we, we did. We've... We, I don't know. We just, we have, we truly have so much fucking fun together. Yeah. We, I mean, we're super entertained by ourselves. Yeah. So. And then that's where, like, we think people are, you know, entitled to, to also enjoy our <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Right. Um, and on that note, let's talk about something serious. So we, um, like I said, we're talking about body image on this in this episode, a conversation on body image. I wanted to give just like the smallest bit of background in case we maybe have one follower that like doesn't already know us. Like I anticipate. Well, I mean, we only have five. Five friends who listen to this podcast, friends and family, <laughs> and then my grandma. So she's six. Um, it's, you know, we joke, but I don't know. Maybe somebody is listening that doesn't know who we are. And right. They, and well, that or would knows be, you or me separately and doesn't. Like, understand our dynamic, sure. So, I want to preface this um, conversation by saying, um, <laughs> this is my mom, um, but she, I was raised by you as a, you were a single mother. I was. Um, for 13 years, specifically, and then you married the man that we refer to as my dad. That is correct. Um, and he was your partner as my father for... Five years. For five years, and then and then he died, and we will get into that on our episode on grief. Um, but so a lot of what we're going to talk about today is how you raised me. Yes. And... Mighty fine job. Pardon? I did a mighty fine job. Oh, that you did. Um, 
And kind of like how you did that because you did it on your own. And so you got to make up the rules all on your own. And you did some things that you and I think are very successful, which is, you know, what's really funny is like, we are going to really hype you up as like, which you are, you are an incredible mom. Mother of the year. Mother of the year. But like, what's funny is like, we're like, no, in our opinion, (laughs) you nailed it. Nailed it. Is funny, but it is funny. But I do think that there is a lot of good that you did. And I, I want to try and understand some of it so that when I have kids, I can, I can do the same. Or if somebody is listening that is going to have kids, maybe they can be inspired by some of your tactics. Not all. Sure. Sure. I was gonna say that's probably another topic about like my failures and my fuck ups. No, no, my God, no, we would never. They'll just come up naturally in a conversation. Right. Um, because you know, I'm never afraid to be like, Hey, by the way, that like traumatized me, which is, you know, a big part of today's episode, which I can't wait to get into. Sweet. All right, let's hit it. Um, so I'll start by saying this, like, this is why I think this conversation is so exciting for us. Exciting being a word that means a lot of different things. For about 23 years of my life, I'm 28 now, for 23 years of my life, 23, 23 years. I'm going to go ahead and do some math and see what the percentage on that is. I did not have body image issues. 82% of your life. 82% of my life. Beautiful. Um, And I mean that, I want to be really clear on what I mean when I say that. I, I didn't, I can't, I don't want to say I never thought about my body because that just seems unrealistic, but I didn't, um, I didn't have a lot of concerns. Like I had a lot of, I had very few cares about my body and how I looked. Well, one, I thought I was, I've always thought I was really attractive. I'm going to just go on record and say that when I was little, people would say, oh, you're so cute. And I would say, I know. I know. And my mom was so embarrassed because. Well, let me just go ahead and stop you there (laughs) and, and talk about like when you were Growing up, your hair. It oh, was literally yeah. your hair on your head. It just grew. I and had the Rachel. The Rachel. But like when the Rachel was super popular. So she had this and I was like two. Incredible, beautiful head of hair. Like as a baby, she looked like a munchie Like Like what well, you did. You had like a little squished head. And you had really dark hair. Big, big, big bug eyes. And then like really dark. They were very dark. Yeah. And it's like your hair. Like I don't think I ever anticipated. The way that your hair was gonna just naturally come in. I don't. I mean, one of my best friends is a hairdresser, so she's you know was cutting her hair or trimming her hair, but like we just let it grow and evolve. But it was so striking. Probably from about like eighteen months is really when it really kind of started. About two, that you just had this most gorgeous head of hair, and I think that like captured people's attention right away. And I had highlights, natural highlights. and natural highlights. And people would be like, oh my God, she's so cute. And I'd be like, thinking, she's not, I know. And okay, I was like, well. <laughs> okay, that's exaggerated. Well, but I wasn't like two telling people I know. But I was a small child saying I know. And, you know, I did think it was like cheeky. Like I was being. Right, because my mom was. Oh, yeah. Like, talk about a hype woman. <laughs> like she was constantly telling you how beautiful you were and how perfect you were and like just gassed you up like nobody's business which is great yeah i took it and ran with it it ran with it and i think i probably got to a point where i was like well i probably gotta slow down on telling her how cute she is i'm pretty sure the first time you were like i know and i was mortified that i basically was like mom you can't i mean you gotta you gotta pull back on that 
or, or phrase it, rephrase. I don't know. I, I definitely had a conversation with her. Yeah. To be like, uh, we got ourselves an egomaniac over here. We got to be careful. <laughs> right. Well, that confidence really carried through into me being an older person. And, you know, it, obviously, like, in high school, I went through the normal, like, I had braces. Right, which wasn't always cute. Uh, no, I wasn't. But I always felt cute, which I do think is, is important, which is crazy to think. Like, I look back on photos, and I'm like, photos that I try to hide. That I'm like, you won't see that photo. But I always thought I was really hot shit. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, I give a lot of credit to me not having body issues. And when I say that, I just mean, like, I didn't hate my body. I didn't. And to be perfectly honest, I never thought about my body. Right, I think that's probably the key thing. Yeah, and it was literally a non-issue. It was. It was your vessel. You were given. It was. You know. But like that wasn't something. You know, it's not like you said that to me. It's not like you were like, and this is your body, and you were given this, and this is your gift. Like we just didn't talk about it, and we also didn't talk about food. And I didn't have. There were no food restrictions. Like I had a lot of freedom. Um which could have gone really differently and it, sure. it didn't, you know? Um, I was a, a regularly active kid. I was a gymnast. That plays a lot into, like, my body and me, like, having opinions about my body. Um, I recently was having a conversation. I was telling friends about this episode and, you know, I, I always give credit to my mom when we're talking about body, body image and I'm like, you know, well, my mom raised me basically to not have any and and... I had somebody ask me, would you put your children in gymnastics? And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, like, you know, when you think of ballet and like the opinion or like the way that teachers, ballet teachers, or you hear these horror stories of like, oh, you look fat in your late I'm not going to give specific examples that we do know of, but you know, that sort of concept. And I like really reflected and was like, oh, I was wearing, I mean, I was wearing a leotard every single day. And I was older than the other kids, so I physically was larger than everybody else. You were like a giant. You know what's interesting about it? Like, say, ballet versus gymnastics. Like, Mm -hmm. in gymnastics, you're strong and you're powerful. Exactly. And, you know, those, you know, big thighs and, you know, your strong shoulders. They're, you're given your accolades so very differently Mm -hmm. than the image of a ballerina that's intended to be lithe and you know right yeah which is what I ended up telling my friend was like no I actually developed more confidence in my body as a gymnast because I was given accolades like I was it was a good thing to be strong right and I looked at my body as strong and yes I had a moment in a in a dressing room in Hollister where I couldn't pull the jeans up over my thighs and I cried I remember that but then I let it go and moved on. Like, I don't, that doesn't like, that didn't, I didn't want to tape my thighs. I didn't, I didn't stop eating. It changed. It, it was a moment and it changed nothing about my life. I, to be perfectly honest, you were there. I couldn't tell you what you said. I couldn't tell you how you responded. It is not even. I was probably, let me go get you a bigger size. I, well, no, the jeans wouldn't fit. I mean, they were low rise jeans and I had thick thighs. Like those, they, oh, there they, was no size that was going to no fit. Size that they just were not me. proportionately made for you. Right. So look at your body style. Do you think that being in gymnastics changed your body, your body style? I do. Yeah, I do too. I really believe that that, you know, that that was, you know, the way that your body um, is in movement mm-hmm. and hits the ground. And I think I would be like easily like five, seven. 
<laughs> okay, okay, okay. Pipe dreamer. Um, I do think that it, it, for lack of a better way to say it, kind of stunted you. Uh, your growth, like, that, I know that's not the best way to say it, so yeah. forgive me up front. But it's like, I do think it made you short. Like, it squatted you. And I, that's the worst word. <laughs> Are you trying word. not to use the words, like, Stout. Like, I mean, like, I'm the words that are in my head. I'm like, please don't use that word. Please. Well, I'm word. thinking like squatty, squatty or... which is not a nice word to use, but I do think it like left you at a certain height. I do. I mean, I, I don't know that you'd be any taller than five three, but right. I don't. I mean, I don't reflect on my life and be like, oh, gymnastics made me small. Like, I, I don't. I, I don't think about it a lot. Also, if you know, compact. Me, Let's use it compact. Compact. I have a height complex and, um, I, you know, to be perfectly honest, it's probably, I should look it up cause I don't know if this for sure what it's called, but it's like the Napoleonic complex, which is like a little but man like the anti-Napoleonic, Napoleonic. Well, he thought he was larger than he was. Oh yeah, that's true. But he was, yeah, maybe she talked to her therapist about it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I basically think I'm the same size as everybody, um, unless you're taller than six one. You're just not a dick about it. No. Mm. Well, yeah. I try not to be, but sometimes it slips out. Well, because if you're um, shorter than 5'7", you're smaller than me. <laughs> right. It's where, really bizarre. Which is where it, it... And it's very, very funny to be like, nope, not, you're not the same height. Let's go. Yeah. So, anyway, but... It's like I, a little dog and a big dog get in a fight. Right. <laughs> little dog thinks it can kick ass. I'm like a French Charlotte. bulldog, but I think I'm a great dame. Yes, that's a perfect description. Fully. Um... Gymnastics gave me um, such a wonderful sense of like feeling accomplished through being strong, which I carry, I still carry. Like yeah. I, like to me, like probably one of the things I'm most proud of is how strong I am. I'm just like, I'm generally stronger than most people in any given room and I love that about myself. I was calling I, her Bam Bam over the weekend. Yeah, I can like we whenever we travel, I like deal with our luggage in terms of like putting it in the overhead compartment and I just like am all well bam. Like I just like <laughs> lift it up and it goes in. And I I love that. It's it made me such I think an interesting dancer as I transitioned out of gymnastics into modern dance. I worked with a choreographer that I enjoyed working with so much because he enjoyed playing with like my physical strength mm. abilities like that was a really special some, opportunity yeah very very cool pieces based on that yeah so you know I think I've been really lucky you're yeah it definitely changed my body type because I I, I developed large thighs and wide shoulders and and that is that is not a body type that is the norm. And you know it's also I want to make be really clear I was a gymnast I was really strong I never had a six pack. Like, I was always a fairly, like, I was. I was a full girl. Like, I had a full body. I, w- I mean, I also was, like, sure, I was going to practice every day for however many hours, but I also would, like, go to Del Taco after and eat, like, two packs of chili fries and... Or work, you, or work your way through Hometown Buffet. Or work my way through Hometown Buffet. Yeah, Hometown Classic. <laughs> um, so, it's interesting to look to reflect on that and be like, oh, yeah, I... I it was such a, it was just a sport. I played this sport that, that did have an impact on my body, um, but not in a negative way, not in a way no. that people might think. It actually was a really positive thing. And I'm not saying that that's everybody's experience. Right. You know, I wanted to dance. 
I wanted to be a dancer on the floor. I wanted the floor to be my thing. And they were like, you will tumble because you have a tumbling body. And I wanted to prance and wink at the judges and do little leaps. And but also that was not part of <laughs> the gymnastics routine anyway. <laughs> it's much more technical. Until now, I mean, you'd be perfect. Like now some of the girls are doing some, there's some beautiful choreography in there. A when, ton of character. But when you were doing it, you weren't allowed to, like they didn't right. allow personal character in it. Like it was just much more perfunctory in terms of like, these are the things you have to hit. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no winking at judges. No, I got in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, a, a big like sort of like for me beginning thing. I also want to touch base on, I've referenced just a moment ago that it was 23 years of my life meaning that there was a time when that stopped and I I want to acknowledge that like I'm not actually in a place where I feel like I can speak on exactly like how where when why I developed the insecurities about my body that I did but I will say there is a before and there is an after and I'm still working to regain the confidence that I had from before Um, I didn't, like, I had, I, like I said, very normal, like, thoughts about my, I guess I shouldn't use the word normal because I don't know what normal is for other people, but I had, I had thoughts about my body that weren't always positive. That's, I can say that, but I didn't start, like, hating or having a deep desire to change my body until, um around 2017 2017 um for you as my mother who somehow didn't instill body image issues into me or insecurities i can only imagine how frustrating that was is for you to see that as an adult that happened yeah i think that it's hard for me at this point because while it was happening, I didn't see it happening. And I'm a little pissed at myself that I, you know, wasn't more in tune to that, I'll be honest. Um, But once I realized I was angry, I was angry because it was like something happened to undo that we spent a life, you're up to that point, your lifetime creating. And, And not through any very specific means. I will say that I knew that I didn't want you to have body issues. So it just was like, I didn't have a plan. I'll say that. Like, okay, for me growing up, I don't really remember a ton about my body. Like I don't, it wasn't, it just kind of was a non-issue. I do remember, like now I can think about things, like I do remember there was a lot of being told, suck it in, suck it in. Because we, I've always had like a pooch, never been a small girl. Um, and so I did always, like I do remember that, but I don't, like that's as, that's what I remember from it. It was like, suck it in, suck it in. Okay, so maybe I sucked it in or for that minute or whatever, but I didn't. Like, I didn't necessarily, and, um, I mean, my mom talked about her body or whatever, but I just never really had an issue. Like, I just didn't care. Welcome, welcome to New York. Right, welcome to New York. Um, well, it's be, probably your friends doing wheelies outside. Oh, man, it's a bummer. I can't see them. Um, well, y- you bring up an interesting point. 
that is, <laughs> it's probably, I, I can only imagine, obviously I can't speak for anybody listening, but I can only imagine how wild it is to hear you say like, I don't know, I just like didn't. I just didn't think about it. And what I want to really get specific on, and I want to go back to really talk about like your childhood and your experience with your body because you are a redhead. And as a young person, you had red orange hair. You were covered in freckles. White, white skin. You also developed really early. Yes, yeah. You got boobs, like full, full, full boobs. When I was 11 years old, this is one of my favorite stories. When I was 11 years old, when we would go to the movie, I yeah, I think I was 11. And at the time, I want to say like a ticket price um, was like more for, if you were 13, age 13 and pl- above. So my mom would write a note that uh, would be confirmation that I was only 11 because I didn't look 11. I did. I was fully developed at that point and had big boobs. And again, didn't bother me. <laughs> Still wore tube tops. That was hot. I'm pretty sure I was running down the street trying to, you know, keep it up. <laughs> but I don't, you know, like that, I, I don't know. And and maybe there's, you know, maybe there's going to be people in my life that are be like, no, I remember having these conversations. And this, I'm not saying that I never talked or cared about my body because I'm sure I did. But I don't have any like deep-seated memories where I'm like, oh, I hated this or I hated that. I dieted. I'm certain of it. You know, tried to make changes. Absolutely. Um, But none that I carried into adulthood where I was like, no, I need to, you know, make these changes or I don't like this, that, the other. You know, nobody's ever 100% satisfied, I don't believe, you know, with their body or, or what it is or, you know. But again, I just didn't. I, I remember I had a friend in high school who, in my opinion, and in the opinion of many others, had the perfect body. And this gal, like, she ate probably double fries at lunch. Like, she just ate whatever, whenever, and still maintained this perfect body. So, like, what is, I... Will you describe what that body is, too? She was tall. She was probably, like, 5'7", and thin, and she was very straight, she had boobs. She had a butt. She had like, just like, she was so perfectly proportioned. You know what it is? She had a flat stomach. Right. And, and so that's, that's, that's what really it is. And I, that. I do know that like, I thought that that was the perfect body, but I never felt that I had to achieve that. Like it never, I knew I wasn't built like her and I wasn't the same height as her. So I was never going to be able to get that body. Therefore, I didn't even need to try. You know, that's kind of how I looked at yeah. it. Uh, it really, like, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I th- I think as, as, as we were preparing for this, I was trying to, like, think back on, you know, things from back then. And, I'm you know, like I said, I'm sure that I dieted or I tried to make changes. Like, I knew that this gal had what I, what I thought to be the perfect body. Mm-hmm. And you nailed it. It was her flat stomach. Right. Because even in adulthood, if I see somebody with a flat stomach, they, I have, am, a perfect body. they have a perfect body. And right. I am envious of that, you know, because that's the one area, like I got a flat butt, <laughs> but I don't have a flat front. So <laughs> it was always like, you know, like I knew that, you know, that to me was an ideal body. So it's, it, it, it it's interesting. And I knew that I didn't want to raise a child that had a, uh, body image issues. So it was something that you thought about before I was born. Um, or after, shortly after, or at some point. Yeah, no, thought. I knew that. I didn't know how I was going to go about it. I didn't have a pl- set plan of how I was going to accomplish that. I mean, because let's be clear, you weren't like, 
We weren't like waking up in the morning and be like, "Oh, bodies are perfect." Like you, it's no. Like, it was literally just it didn't. We just didn't talk. about it. We just it. didn't talk about it. Like good, bad, otherwise. Like we. Didn't oh, I know it. Also, hold on. I really want to pause and say something about. So write this down. You can click your pen if you need. Um, I want to acknowledge the privilege that we do have in our bodies before we go on. Okay. Um, I just want to make a point to say we're speaking from a position of privilege. Sure. Um, right. We were not overweight children. Right, right, right. Which no, is why right. I, I, I speak about the freedom that I had with food, but I also understand that there's a privilege that comes with that. Sure. I didn't have any, I, I was, I, you know, there was no obesity that was, you know, happening or at risk or anything. Right. Um, so I just wanted to do that. And I also want to put out a, a warning that we will be talking about disordered eating in this, in this episode along with other things that may be potentially triggering to people who have certain thoughts about their own body and their own lives. Do you remember your thought? Nope. Do not. So sorry. Yeah, it, it may come back. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. So your body changed after you had a child. Boy, did it ever. Did it change a lot though? Um, yeah, I gained all that weight and I never lost it again. Okay. I mean, that's not like, I mean, that was me. I mean, that was, you know, me heading in and coming out fat and happy. You know, I, I yeah, it did. It changed a lot. Like it. What, what do you consider fat? Uh, like for me? Sure. I, it, I mean, I'd only, I mean, I'd only speak for me. Right. Um, like when my, you know, the handles are hanging over the sides of my pants mm. My fupa is, you know, enough that I can't <laughs> tuck it in. Sure. I, I, I My also... double chin, like, you know. Yeah. And I do, let me go ahead and say, I do refer to myself as fat. Right. Thank you. I wanted to, to touch on that. And that is, you know, that is me. And, and this is another thing. Like, I've... Oh, I know. Here's what I was thinking. When you were growing up, like you said, we didn't really talk about it. But I do remember a time I must have referenced myself as fat. And you got upset with me because you're like, you're not fat. Like, don't say that. Like, you got mad that I had referred to that. And I've always done it in a very joking way. You know, I am fat and happy or I am, you know, fat and this. Or So after that, there was a period of time where I would just refer to myself as having some extra LBs for whatever reason that was... Um, less offensive to you than anything sure. else and I maybe in that seven to ten age range is kind of is kind of how I'm remembering that um so like I mean obviously it was a big chunk of your life where I've never said anything about my body your body nobody's body sure um, well it's, what's so interesting about that memory which I don't I don't share I don't I don't remember that but obviously the word fat meant something to me and it meant something negative to me for me right. to say that which is interesting because Neither of us necessarily know where that came from, but I think there's also, you know, society that we're not, t if you're clicking your pen, just so you know. I know. Uh, thank you. I'll uh, keep um, it open. You know, we're not taking into account society, which like, you know, I mean, I want to use the word fat really intentionally because it is a word that is not bad. And, and I want to make that really clear. And there are people that are using the word fat, um, and there are, you know, are people I like all over Instagram that are using the word. And, and I think that the word fat can make people really uncomfortable. 
because historically it's had a very negative connotation, but it's also a descriptive word. Right. And, and I try not to use it any... Sorry, I clicked my pen. That's okay. Um, I try well, not... You can use the word. Yeah, but I, I mean, I try not to. Like, I try not... I try to, you know... I, I think... I was going to say, I try for the most part to be happy with what I have, what I have, but that's not true, you know? Mm. I mean, I'm, you know, I'll probably get into it a little bit more, but I am on my own current weight loss journey. So, obviously, you get to, I got to a breaking point. Yeah. And that, you know, I mean, definitely, like, stemmed from a health perspective and losing everybody we loved and, you know, like, sure. knowing that I needed to be healthier and at my, you know, maximum fighting weight, I was not in it. I, there's no way I was healthy for my body. Sure. Um, but, you know, I mean, for the most part, I've always just kind of, you know. And I think it, if, I know that, like, very specifically, like, when I met my husband and was with my husband, like, he would have loved me no matter what. Right. No matter what. And I would always do things like, well, would you love me if I look like this? Or if I was like this? Or like, that? you know, we, and we always did that silly stuff to each other all the time. And I'd be like, mm, I don't know. And he'd be like, yes. Oh, there was never, it was always a resounding yes, no matter what. So he was very, you know, he just accepted and loved who I was. Because I was, I mean, I got really heavy during that time too. And then we went on a health journey and, you know, lost weight and exercise and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I definitely battled it, but I wouldn't, I don't reflect back on it taking any sort of significant piece of my life. It was never overwhelming. It was never, was it? I mean. No, I don't know. And that's not to say I didn't discuss it or throw it out there. And, you know, like I said, I've always, like, made references to, you know, that and happy or, you know, those kind of things. So, you know, I think that for me, it's always been much more important that somebody appreciate me for my sense of humor or my personality or, you know. And also, I've never really been one to care what other people think. Which is also something that's incredibly unusual about you. And it's so true. And it's it's really, to be a child of that is, is so interesting. We had this conversation earlier where it's like you naturally were like that. You just, so it seems. I mean, did anybody inspire you to live your life on your own like that? No, I just, from, it's interesting because, you know, like the way that my parents raised me, my dad and I would have these conversations later in life where we were like, you know, in opposition of something it's like but you raised me like you created this you created this child that was gonna you know have these thoughts and feelings that were very dissimilar to your own so i am and also but let me say this i was raised by an incredibly strong confident woman yeah. abrasive and offensive to intimidating intimidating like she was so proud to intimidate people like, if she could get somebody cowering, that she was just, like, you know, a pig and shit. She was the happiest person. Which you, for, how do you feel about that now? Because I remember a conversation that we had where you hated that. Do you know what I'm referencing? Hated. The fact that your mother liked to be intimidating. Well, yeah, yes. What What are your thoughts on that? Um... I didn't like that she took such joy in it because a lot of times she simply came off as a bully and just a bitch. Okay. Um, Do you think, I mean, 
she was a woman who worked was it, I mean was it a male dominant oh yeah 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 no she was going industry. into like she was going into politics like she was she was absolutely in a male dominated world yeah. and she wanted to be a leader like I remember her t-shirt she had the sweetest light blue baby um baby doll like you know titty shirt that said a woman's place is in the house dot 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 and the senate I've seen it like as of late, like on you know in promos and stuff, and I'm like, oh my, that that's the T-shirt I grew up with. I wish we'd kept it. I wish that you know, know there had been a time where I would have thought that that was cool to keep. Um, so I grew up with a super strong woman. So that was you know, and like I said, it, it could be very offensive and you know really hard, brash and hard. So mm-hmm. there was probably some of me that was, and again, I'm gonna talk about something. Give a shit. But ultimately did give a shit. Like, it was deep and dark in her about her need to, you know... Look a certain way and be a right, certain Right, yeah. Way. Like, she have was definitely... Have a def- certain status. Yes, have a certain status for sure. Um, and as a woman, you know, a, with, with the wife of a blue-collar worker, like, we were never going to have that status. But, you know, I mean, she fought really hard for it. Like, she wanted it. She wanted to be respected. And un- the truth is... She was just born a little too early for her time. Yeah. You know, and in an area where it wasn't, you know, she didn't have the avenues to, you know, get out there and, you know, be who she really wanted to be. Maybe if we were in a different, you know, a bigger city or a if bigger she area. Been born earlier, too, she, like, really could have been, like, a big, like, suffragette. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and she would have been. Like, she literally was born in the in-between, and it just, like, that blows for her. Yeah, it did. And I think that she recognized that, you know... It wasn't her time, but she still was going to fight it every step of the way. she did work. She really did. It's fun to, like, look back on old albums and stuff and, you know. And even, like, her failures, she still put those in albums. Like, you know, when, you know, people would, you know, come up against her and, like, try and, you know, oust her from office and things like that. Like, she still put those in there. Like, those were still, you know, accomplishments for her. You know, and she was just, she was just not loved by the good old boys club and, mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. You know, unfortunately she didn't, it wasn't okay for her. Right. So that was, you know, that was kind of a big bummer. Cause I, I remember being really confused by how angry, I mean, because my memory of it, you were so like frustrated with her, right? I, you know, for, for, for just like loving being intimidating. And then I... got myself in a very small, very, very small position of power, and I loved being intimidating. It was brought to my attention, and (laughs) I was like, I think I was like, oh no, I don't want to come off like that, but inside I was like, yes. Um, Because I liked... You're all, I am Judith L. Right. But I just, I don't know what it was about it, other than like, well, there are parts of it that I don't like, and parts that I've worked so hard to like combat and grow out of because I do think I needed to grow out of that but I, I you know as a woman in a position of power I just think it is different and I think you can be called intimidating for lack oh. of a better description you know what right. I mean I I was I was being a leader You've you've told me that I mean this is veering off of body image, but like you've I guess this is like self image though. Um, in the last year, referenced me as aloof, <laughs> and and I, I you're not wrong. 
and I'm, you know, painfully aware of it. Um, and I feel like I have worked so hard to start to break that down. I don't think I'm there. I think I'm still working on it. Um, I'll say it like so loud here. Like it is social insecurity or, um, social anxiety. Sure. Most of the time, if I'm standing at a bar looking at approachable, it's because I'm terrified to be there, especially I'm not drinking right now. And so I don't even have alcohol to like numb that for me. I'm just standing there looking like a bitch in the corner because to me that is more powerful. But I'm trying to um like undo those power dynamics in my head too. I do want to say one thing before we move on from this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and just clarify for those that don't know me. I am not smooth. And at times I lack a lot of couth. So it's not as if like some of the, like the attributes of my mother, I have those and I've, I've battled, I battle them. Like I want to be different. I want to be better kind of thing. But like, I'm not, I want to make it clear. I'm not over here sitting here thinking, you know, like I'm poly prim and proper and you know, I've always minded my P's and Q's. Not, that's not the case at all. Um, but and you were a bully and I was a bully, which we will, again, we'll have a full episode on, on being bullies. Right. Not my proudest or finest moment, but Same. something that I have to, you know, come to terms with and, and deal with. Acknowledge and take accountability. Absolutely. For yeah. Um, I want to talk about the nicknames that you gave me as a child. Because you know what's so interesting? And I, it, it took me like taking notes on this topic to be like, oh, how funny. I wouldn't consider those body image issues, but they are. And, <laughs> um,. One of them I still don't really care because it, it still didn't occur to me and I got braces so it got fixed. You so lovingly called me Bucky. Bucky. Bucky Beaver. I didn't, I, like, I was an adult when I found this out. I didn't know it was because I had buck teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was an endearing nickname. It was. You were so cute with your books. <laughs> you literally called your child Bucky Beaver because I had buck teeth. Mm hmm. So my top teeth used to rest on my bottom lip. Well, I'll, I'll post a picture of that because that's funny. Oh, okay. Well, and I was cute still. I just I mean, like, she and it was like almost exaggerated when she would <laughs> um, year after year pose in her grade school pictures with her li- with her teeth on her my lip. My teeth just would rest on my upper lip or my bottom big, lip. She just had two big, big uh, front teeth. Front teeth, upper teeth. I did. Um, so you call me Bucky Beaver, but I again. <laughs> Was not insecure about my teeth. A lot of times I just was Bucky. Yeah, but it started as Bucky Beaver and, like, evolved just to Bucky, which is, like, not better, (laughs) to be clear. (laughs) Like, you were still calling me Bucky. Um, (laughs) I had fangs because in the horse family we Uh, have fangs. We've all been blessed with fangs. You had fangs. Your brother had fangs. Yeah. All all three boys. Elliot, for sure. I don't know about the I don't... Two. We could ask them. Yeah. Um... But we got, we had fangs, so we had to, I had braces for years to, like, fix my teeth, and, and, and I, you know, I was not insecure about my teeth. You also called me, which, again, I internalized and didn't realize that this was an issue until I was an adult. And I want to preface this with, I have no idea what she's about to say. Oh, no. Do you have, like, multiple ideas of what it could be? Uh, no, I literally have none. <gasps> I just wear a Bucky. Oh, Yeti. Oh, oh, I do remember that. Well, and what's funny is when I Again, was, not my finest moment. When I was going on my journey with my body hair a few years ago, or my very public acknowledgement of the fact that I had body hair, 
I referenced Economy Yeti, but even then, I don't think it occurred to me that like that was something that I internalized, or like that was my introduction to you being like your Harry, ha ha ha, that's funny, which is like for me, I guess, probably equated to ha ha, that's funny because you're a girl and girls don't have hair, body hair, or shouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it obviously was not that plain. And it didn't translate in that way. Right. And for so many years, I just shaved my legs, and I shaved my armpits, and I shaved my vagina, and I didn't say a damn thing about it. I had ingrown hairs that were incredibly painful, and I just did it because that's what women do. And you know what's funny is it's not like you were like, hey, you need to shave your vagina. That came from my friends because they were like well yeah if somebody's gonna touch it I'm gonna shave it and I was like oh fuck okay so we're shaving these things now like <laughs> that's how that came about but I just like I didn't question it well I, you didn't grow up you know when it was cool to have full bush I didn't also you're you have fair skin and fair hair yeah like you have the carpet matches the drapes is that what you want to say I well no because you're my mom and that's weird but like yeah you have orange dirty <laughs> oh my god I'm so sorry <laughs> I'm sorry I have dark hair and I I have olive skin and I have dark body hair to match my skin my carpets match my drapes and um, <laughs> I think it was about I think I was like, like so terrible 11 years old the first time I was asked that question I'm pretty sure I didn't even have pubes at that point did you know what they were talking about I did oh. was a gas station attendant Oh, gross. Yeah, an older man. Were you sexualized a lot as a young person? Absolutely. Because of your body? Absolutely. Did it bother you? No, I played into it. Huh. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure there's some deep, dark issues there, but uh, no. I know. I I probably was like Flash and Cleave after that. I probably put like an orange patch on my pants. Like, Well, you were also like kind of a clown. Yeah, very much a clown. So like the orange. You played into being like the Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think that was a defense mechanism? At 100%. I mean, you don't grow up as a redhead with covered in freckles. And, you know, at one point I thought it was super cool to have glasses and braces at the same time. <laughs> like, I was made, I was bullied really bad. I was made fun of incessantly. Um, but I just kind of listened and moved on. And, like, I was like, okay, yeah, call me Pizza Face. I, like, I knew that I could, I remember my mom talking about how when she was younger with her freckles, she was not red haired, but she had fair skin and freckles. Um, like, trying to like scrub off her freckles so i knew it wasn't possible she and the you know she let you know that right right, her in the late 40s early 50s didn't know it wasn't possible so she was trying to do it so like i think at one point she took like a scouring like a a scouring pad like i knew i couldn't get rid of them and i i mean i probably had freckles by the time was i mean my first exposure to the sun you know like i was freckled early early on and then well, you know, back in the 70s, we didn't use sunscreen. And so, like, I just continued to, like, get more freckly. But I was made fun of incessantly for my freckles and, you know, my red hair. But you wouldn't say you had insecurities? No, not not, not that I... Not in the way that, like, no. you hated yourself or no. hated your body or No, hated... no I, I wouldn't. I just was like, well, okay, well, this is... I mean, yeah. And but... the... But I think, I think those are the things that created me... Or in, um, what's sort of developed, developed me becoming a, a clown. Like, I mean, because I was, 
I was pretty young when I tried to make start making people laugh. And I think that was probably like a deflection and a defense mechanism because when they when, when they weren't laughing at you, they were or because if they were laughing at somebody else and they weren't laughing. They weren't at laughing at me. And I could very quickly turn it around. I've always been somewhat quick witted that I could like, you know, you know, and I I can I I have them very savage, you know, like I don't if you come at me, mm. I uh, my retaliation is is I don't there's no boundaries for me. Um, or there wasn't, you know, I mean, I, I think I've probably tamed that a little bit, but, um, I definitely, you know, didn't like being freckled was not, I don't, I, no, I mean, there were other, there were probably other redheads or people with fair skin or freckles or whatever, but I mean, I definitely like stuck out like a sore thumb and my hair was orange. Right. Like there's no, like, like, like yes, it was strawberry orange. blonde, but it was orange. And I did hate my hair growing up. I did hate it. I I wanted to I wanted a different color hair. I think the freckles, whatever, that was what it was. That was my skin, but I desperately wanted different colored hair. And I will say as an adult, I desperately want that color back and I'll never get it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no replicating what that incredible color was. Yeah. But I didn't know to I mean, I you know, I mean, yes, my parents would tell me or people like our family would tell me how beautiful it was, but that doesn't, you know. That doesn't change the fact that I was the only one with that color hair and nobody else looked like me. Nobody looked like me. Do you, I mean, I think I've shared this with so many people in our life, but like, do, do, were you aware of how much I wanted to look like you when I was no, little? No, I I don't think until you were an adult did I realize. So I used, my mom um, started dying. I mean, your hair was red, but you've, you've long have continue to dye it so that it is more red because yeah as I get older I'm desperate for that thing but like just it you know when you were growing up I would you know highlight it sure. or like you but know you had red shampoo and make the, it a lighter darker shower. yeah and I would use the red shampoo as if it could turn my hair red and I, I don't think I knew you were using the shampoo did well, I why would you I mean it's not like I was like hey mom does my hair look more red like I could look in the mirror and see it wasn't working like I didn't need <laughs> validation or confirmation um I wanted red hair and I wanted freckles and I wanted to look just like you which is something that like I think about I mean that might make me cry that is so sweet I didn't know that I knew that like as you got older like you loved I want your freckles you wanted my freckles and you you know you love like you want red-haired kids I want red-haired kids I do well I just think like you were so stinking cute and I just like I do I and you know what's so funny you we've you've heard me say this before women in my life that have freckles to me I'm like oh my god they're the most beautiful woman in the world and like they may like to other people like they're like oh I don't know if they're that that beautiful to me they're stunning they're absolutely stunning and you'll be like how funny they're common denominator they all have like just full freckles (laughs) and it's so funny but I did I wanted to look just like you which is you know Right, and outside of like, I mean, you know, like physical resemblance, like we didn't have, there was no similarities. Right, I have You always had dark hair, olive skin. Yeah, yeah, darker skin. You know, so we didn't, you know, never had we had any sort of similarity in that way. Yeah, as we get older, I think we see it a little more. Like, I think we have the same eyes. We sound the same. Right. Like, big things. Well, we sound the same. Well, our manners. But I think, I mean, we definitely resemble each other, but our coloring is literally night and day. Yeah. So, it's it's interesting. Like, I just, I, I, like, obviously you just said you didn't know, but I just wonder, like, I I feel like maybe a lot of kids wanted to be, like, their parents, 
but like that was that was so something for me that I wanted and not not because I didn't like the way I looked I just wanted to look more like you did you ever try to make freckles on your- no well oh. I don't think I understood freckles <laughs> like you don't you didn't you don't wear makeup I don't wear makeup, but and you, you know, never did, so you never kept. There was nothing I could ever like. It's not like I was like drawing freckles on. I don't. Right. Also, you, like it, I don't even think that would have occurred to me, other than using your red shampoo. No, I didn't like do anything. That's funny. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, you know, you not wearing makeup is also an interesting sort of like. Well, comment. I was not allowed. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I want to go back. I know okay. we're jumping all over the place. That's okay. To the leg shaving thing. Oh, I forgot. We didn't finish me in my body hair. In your body hair. Okay, so when I was growing up, I had very hairy legs. But as a fair-skinned, light-haired person, they were blonde. Right. So it was not offensive or unsightly because you really didn't see it. Mm -hmm. But they were very hairy and I was not allowed to shave my legs. I was not allowed to shave my legs or wear makeup until I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. There was no give. There was no, you know give or take did you want to um i did want to shave my legs did you want to wear makeup um no i don't really remember i don't really i don't think i really cared yeah. um i don't remember i don't know that i i feel like in my group of friends who are essentially still my group of friends yeah. today um i don't think any of us were allowed to wear makeup i think we basically all had the same rules um so like you know outside of you know my one friend who just was like, screw this, and went and grabbed a razor, you know, out of her mom and started shaving her leg. She's like, I'm not going to subscribe to this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't didn't do that. I didn't go take a razor. And, I, and also, I didn't have dark hair. So it made it a lot easier. But what's interesting is that when you were growing up, it took, I do reflect back, it took me entirely too long to agree to let you shave your legs. Like, you probably started shaving them before I even said, yes, it's okay to do it. But, like, in hindsight, knowing that I wanted to shave my legs sooner than I was allowed to, and I think I was probably closer to 15, and I was then allowed, I think I pled my case and was able to do it. Um, But, like, I wish that I had remembered my thoughts on it and then said, okay, like, at 11... who cares? Right. Like, what is the big deal? If I, you know, if you want to get rid of your body hair, right. why not let you? Well, now I, I could give a shit about body hair. Well, right. I feel many ways about this. I think, obviously, we don't know because I don't have kids yet, but we talk all the time about, like, oh, what we're going to do with my kids. We, as the mother daughter that are going to raise my children, not <laughs> for my future husband. Um, we, to me, it would be, it would feel more important to educate them, or that sounds a little preachy, but to be like, ask them to say, why, why do you want to remove your body hair? Which will be hypocritical of me because here is my public announcement. I am getting laser, I am currently in the process of getting laser hair removal on my bits and my armpits, not my legs. I still shave my legs regularly because I don't have too much of an issue. So, I feel many ways about this. Many conflicting ways. Same. Many contradictory ways. It is very painful for me to remove my body hair. Yes. Um, which is why I was very in favor, in favor of getting um, laser hair removal. <laughs> also, a plain fact, um, having long pubes hurts. 
they get snagged and things. And they and do get caught up and shit. It is physically uncomfortable. Um, and for somebody who can't easily remove my body hair, it, it wasn't like I could just like, you know, oh, let me just like clean it up and I'll be fine. Like I would have to go get waxed or go get like, which is fine, but it's an added expense. And, right. and, and now I'm in a place where it's like, it's not really going back and there's a lot of luxury and not having to worry about, you know, it getting in the way or, you know, f- it feeling messy. I also am a firm believer in, well, it's, it's science. So it's like not <laughs> like it's crazy to believe in it. Pubic hair is, is meant to be protection for the vagina. Plain right. and simple. That's what it is. It, it is. It was intended to protect things from, from um, getting into it. Like when we were naked and when we weren't wearing clothes. And so I do feel very conflicted about removing it. I also feel conflicted because my, if my kids are like, but you don't have it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't. And I did remove it because, because to be perfectly honest, there is also the sexuality part of it. I removed my body hair because I want to seem more attractive. And I know that that is a societal norm that I have decided to continue to subscribe to. And there was a period of my time when I didn't. Or there was a period of time where I just was like, fuck it. This is just like, this is my body and I have hair and that is what it is. And I still feel that way. I mean, I still would like... Even before I started getting laser, I would like let my armpits grow and then I would just shave them. And then I would just let them grow and then I would shave them. And people would be like, oh, you're letting your armpits grow again. And I'd be like, well, I just haven't shaved them in a few months. Like, that's just that on that. So I, there's no, I, I have nothing to say because I don't, I feel, I do feel, there is a part of me that feels a little bit of shame about the fact that I'm like, have now did made this decision to like remove it in, in a semi-permanent way. It's going to grow back in a few years and I'll have to decide whether or not I want to remove it again. But but it's a choice I made right now. And I feel really confident in that choice because, to be perfectly honest, like, it's nice to not have ingrown hairs because the other right. thing about laser hair removal is that it, it, the laser zaps the follicle and so I'm not getting ingrown. So I'm also experiencing way less discomfort than I was and my pubes aren't getting caught up in things anymore. Um, Amen. See, and I was really lucky to grow up in the 70s where full bush was super cool. Was it like sticking out of your bathing suit? And oh, I was like, hello, bow. Well, your mother, Right, sure. so, like, I grew up with an image of, of, like, pubes hanging out your bottoms. But, and nobody thought anything of it. Or nobody said anything? Nobody said anything. And so I thought that was perfectly normal. I have literally, I, I don't know, maybe groomed five times in my lifetime. Like, I've always just been like, okay, cool, yes, full bush. But, which is sure about yourself. But I want to go, like, okay, we'll go uh, step away from pubes for a second to talk about... My armpit hair and my leg hair, which I did grow out really long. And there were people in my life that had opinions, and you were one of them. I did. And the opinion was not favorable. You, I don't, you were obviously, I don't think you were ever nasty, but to me, but I think you, you definitely alluded to it being gross. And. I'm sorry. Well, And genuinely. I know. You've apologized. You don't have to do, it's not, there's no, I have no expectation where I'm just sharing the journey that we've been on together with me trying to help still sucks to hear it i'm sorry <laughs> no, no no don't like don't be sorry it's just like because in hindsight my thoughts are so very different on it now right 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 why couldn't i have cared like i don't well it's funny because you're switching your armpits you were just saying you don't care to look at a man they're gross did. with our armpits right but you did care because you had an opinion of me right and i think that probably stemmed from 
others' opinions of you with your hairy pits. Sure, 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 sure. Because lots of people didn't um, didn't love it. Right. Um, had many opinions, which were fine, and I also received many apologies. Like it was it was a journey for everybody. Yeah. And and I'm I am glad we went on it. Sure. Um. It is you know, it is challenging to be a woman with, um, with body hair because. I like I would ride the subway and I people would just like stare, stare at my armpits or stare at my legs. And to be fair, if I see somebody with armpit hair, I stare. I do a double take. And mine is a fascination because I'm always like, oh, you're doing it. <laughs> but like everything, it's a journey, you know. And I think with the like, I didn't grow a lot of hair. Right. I didn't have a lot of armpit hair. Like I said, I had blonde leg hair. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess, like, going into parenthood, didn't know what. Like, I didn't expect to have a dark, a dark haired. No, I, I really didn't. Um, well, also because you wanted to have a boy. Right. And he could have done anything. Like, he could have been as hairy as he wanted. <laughs> um, I think I just thought, like, I really think I genuinely thought, like, my red hair jeans were so strong, I was probably going to have, like, a red-headed girl. I really did. So it didn't occur to me. So much of it didn't occur to me. I didn't think about your hair. Like, I don't think I, you, I think you were in college before I realized how hairy you are. Well, because I just would remove my hair, I would shave my legs, shave my armpits, shave my vagina, and that was that. And I didn't, com- I, well... I don't think I complained before I got to college. When I got to college, I just had many things to say. I, like, all of a sudden had a voice. But I I just did it because that's what we did. Because I was living in this world where we all, I will never forget. We were at a pool party at a friend's house. And there was a girl. And she, we could see her pubes out the side of her bathing suit. And the boys, like, were commenting on it. And I was so embarrassed for her. And I think I made fun of her with the boys. And I'm ashamed. But that was my concept of of body hair. Girls should have none because it's gross to have. Right. Which I just disagree with. Do whatever the fuck you want to do with your body hair. Yeah. And as an adult woman, I will say, um, men don't, like, uh, sorry, as a heterosexual adult woman who has sex with men, uh, they don't, they don't care. And, and if they do, I fuck them. Right. Like, truly. I've had maybe... One or two men say something. Oh, no, I have had... Okay, I've had maybe a few more than that. But fuck those men. Like, I, I just, like... I just... It so doesn't matter. Right. I mean, body hair, I, I think, is currently to this day still a hot topic. Mm-hmm. When it's, like, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm sure that the laser industry and... all Like, they're... It's booming. Yeah. But it is a shame that as women... We are given this idea that these things are ugly and shameful right. and we need to remove them because that's not desirable. Mm-hmm. You know, at I the end of the be- day, all you want is my vagina or my boobs. So, you know, like, the, who, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It pisses me like, The, like, need to be smooth, right, I think comes along with that. So it's like, yeah, we're talking about body hair, but there's also, like, cellulite you know things like that and you have these like companies that are like gonna freeze off your fat yeah right 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 right. to make you smooth and toned and like i am at an age where like i'm starting (laughs) things are starting to look a little different and i'm getting older and i yeah like yeah i'm not that old but boy oh boy does my body not it's not as tight as it was well i think there's so much of this topic 
relates to our social media topic. Like your, you know, your frustration and your journey with social media has so much to do with, you know, in, in your generation Mm -hmm. with the images that are projected where this, like, there's this like perfect. And now with like, you know, filters and editing and all these things, like to make something look so ideal. And at the end of the day, we live in this beautiful world with a million different types and styles and all of, you know, bodies are beautiful, should be seen as beautiful no matter what, because they all offer something different. Yeah. And it's, (laughs) it's easy to say that. Sure. But I know that another like issue you have with, you know, with society and I know with me is the commenting on other people's bodies. Mm. This is a big one. Um, I am, I'm a commenter, you know, like I will make, and, and as I've grown and gotten older, um, I will make less, but you know, as my deep seated, you know, clown roots come in, you know, it's always in an effort to like deflect anything off of me. Um, so, you know, just trying to be funny, making a joke about this, that, or the other, but I will, you know, I do make comments and you are very, very clear that that's not okay and you don't want to hear it. So what it's made me do is rather like in a, at a point in time, I would have like then forwarded that to one of my best friends. <laughs> Whereas now I just simply stop and think, okay, I don't need to make that comment. I don't need to have this opinion of somebody else's, you know, be it their body, their outfit or whatever it is. It's not my place. Right. And, and you know, when I first kind of, I mean, when I first did it, I don't think I necessarily thought of it as calling you out. I mean, we have an instance in mind that we think about of you, like, being like, oh, look at this person, and me being like, stop. Um, I have, you know, just such a great amount of gratitude for you being open to make that change. And, like, yeah, like, that was the evolution, is it was, like, first you're like, okay, fine, I won't say it to you, I'll say it to somebody else. And then it became, why do I really need to say that at all? Right. And... And a lot of times, like, something I'm working on is being like, and where did that come from? Why did I? Like, why am I looking at somebody else's body and needing to say something negative about it? What is happening with me? What am I feeling that I am now going outside of myself to think something mean about somebody else? And that's, that's the work and that's the hard shit. <laughs> that you is, the, yeah. I, on this, on the note of, of, of talking about other people's bodies. So I wrote this March 12, 2022. It's a note and it's titled podcast. So I was always going to like put this in somewhere. So I'm going to read it to you now. Um, I haven't, I just found it. So like I haven't proofread it. So like maybe we'll cut it out. I don't know. But it says, um, I think there's a, I think there's a, it's a double-edged sword to have a shit talking mom. On (laughs) On one hand, like how, how fun we love to talk shit. On the other hand, like, those times that you think, oh, my God, no one's going to judge me for that, or no one thinks about, like, that. Like, nobody, like, looks at somebody's body and, like, thinks that thing. Okay, well, like, we've had nasty conversations where things have been said about other people's bodies. So, like, I do know that people will think that. You know what I mean? Like, that is the negative side of having a mom that will talk shit. Because it's like, well... (laughs) my mom will say that and think it who else will you know what I mean right and and I think that's like that's so sad because and I I wrote in here I I 
I can't shit on you for it, even though I, you know, do. Um, <laughs> because for 52 years, at that point when I wrote this, you sat with this. And, like, well, you don't have the same body image issues as other people. You do use self-deprecation to, ref- to talk about your body. Absolutely. So, like, you know, there are insecurities there. And while they may not, like, fester and eat you alive and, like, take on or manifest in the way that some other people's insecurities manifest like they're still there and so to some degree you you do recognize that absolutely and i should probably like clarify i do have insecurities like i'm not floating through this world you know i project very confidently but i do have insecurities but they're not crippling um they're not disabling and they i i they do allow me to you know move forward in the world and that is a privilege Mm -hmm. you know because not everybody has that same kind of constitution or like you know build where they're able to just you know move forward with it you know for many people it it you have to they have to stop and it really consumes them and they they have to really right. you know live in it and i don't i don't have that like i i'm able to just really kind of move past it but i do have insecurities i you know you don't bully people through high school because you know you're a strong confident woman let me go ahead and say that right sorry vart sorry Mr. jackson stop oh yeah i'm genuinely sorry and if i you know could find them i would what i would love to have those conversations yeah you moving to new york um this is something i just feel like i've said to so many people since you've moved here has seemingly um, maybe given you a, a new and improved sense of confidence? Question mark. Would you agree with that statement? Yes. What do you What do you think that is? Oh, you know what? Because we're in a city with like I think this city has like what eight million people. I'm not the right person to ask. I yeah. have no idea. I believe. <laughs> Please no fact checking. Um, I believe there's like eight million people in New York City. I am literally one. And this city is so incredibly beautiful and so incredibly vibrant because of all the different people that make up this place. Mm-hmm. So I get to walk through this world where, number one, I don't know anybody. Um, True that. Number two, don't have any friends <laughs> um, in, in the city. Don't get me wrong. I have an incredibly beautiful group of friends. And Charlotte is my friend. And her friends are kind enough to be my friends. But I do, like, I haven't made any friends in New York. Yeah. So, like, I I walk around as just me, as this person. And so, in an, in order to continue to do that, I do have to have a certain strength and confidence that I can take the subway by myself. I can go sit and eat at a restaurant by myself. I can sit at a bar and have a drink. You can you know, dress the way you like. You can I wear can, the glasses you want. You can do your hair the way you want. Because nobody cares. There are 7,999,000 other people. Nobody gives a shit about Lisa and what she looks like. So I do. I That has given me an, an incredible amount of confidence to go do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want. Because guess what? Nobody cares. And that, that's really freeing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that feels really good to be able to go do that and be that person and find this life that, you know, I always knew I wanted, you know, that was out there waiting for me. 
so yes, I would say that it that it I was given or didn't wasn't given. I was. You made this change. I made this change. Because I wanted to, you know, wanted to be here. And now I, you know, I'm not going to sit in my apartment. Right. Um, don't get me wrong. I do a lot of times. But, you know, when I want to go out and how I want to go out and do it is, it's okay. Yeah. Because I feel like this is, I do believe that this is an incredibly kind, giving, and loving city. Mm. You know, I mean, and there's... Well, I just feel like people don't, would, like, so not agree with you. I, I, I... I think it's really beautiful that you see the city that way. I really do. I think that, you know, the fact that I can walk through the city and, you know, nobody's giving a shit about me. Yeah. You know, and, and in the kindest way I say that, you know, because I, I can do or be whoever I want. Mm-hmm. And that is the beauty of this place. Literally, you can come here and be whoever you want. Yeah. And there's something so fulfilling about that, mm-hmm. you know, that... You live in a, you know, we come from a small town. There's, you know, the same group of people. I went to grade school. I went to high school. You know, I've grown up with these people. They've known me. You know, nobody knows me here. Yeah. So it was an opportunity to basically reinvent. You know, did I make a ton of changes? Well, I've probably made quite a few changes. But, you know, for the most part, I'm just living my life. Yeah. And there's something so freeing in that. And it's so cool to see. I again, I just I say to so many people like, watching you live your life is one of the most inspiring things. And I'm so grateful that like at this stage in our life, in our friendship, and in our relationship, that we are seeing each other grow in this way because that's really special. And just not everybody has this opportunity. And on that note, I would like to say that seeing you thrive because you were in New York years before me. You know, you would come intermittently, and then you were here a couple years before me. Seeing you thrive in this environment was so beautiful and really was an inspiration to me to think that I can do that too. Mm-hmm. Like I can thrive somewhere. Oh. And so that was, you know, I mean, your your ability to do it really, you know, preceded me and allowed me to have the confidence to do it. Oh, look at us inspiring each other. Oh, sister. Hashtag goals. <laughs> um, I and do... just, wait, I just want to say, like you'll kind of notice through the course of, you know, the series of, of podcasts that we put out. Um, Charlotte will often refer to me as her best friend. Oh um, she will often talk about us being best friends. I don't harp on it. No, I... it's not. It's not a harping thing. I just want to point out, <clears throat> you're not going to hear me say it. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is a running joke between us. Yeah. Like it is literally a running joke between us. Like the day that um, one, of our dogs one of our dogs died, died I, we had two wiener dogs Bear perished first, and then, um, then Bridget passed on, and the, I'm pretty sure it was that afternoon. Um, I was like, okay, I mean, do you want to put in an submit an application? There is an open position for best friend available, and that was very funny. So from the, so when you hear like her say it, it's just this running joke between us that I don't say it, but I will acknowledge it. She is my best friend, and. You know. Not in a weird way, just like in like a normal way, like we spend a bunch of time right. and we enjoy each other's company. Because we also have a joke that if we weren't mother-daughter, we wouldn't be friends, because we're very different. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we would have found our way. Like, we have a, like, a similar sense of humor. You raised me. Right, right. You taught me what I think you is funny. And <laughs> make you funny. 
I have always, I was like looking through Facebook and I'd made a post about like having a daughter almost as funny as me. Not quite, but almost. I want to, I want to say, I do think I referenced earlier that like there is a before and there is an after of like where my confidence has come and gone. And I, I would say I probably have right now on this day, the most amount of confidence that I have had in many years. And I'm really grateful. I would agree. Yeah, I'm really grateful for that. It's taken a lot of work to get here. Um, I still battle body things. Um, but my focus now is to just be really mindful of how I talk to myself. I'm really very... Right now, my big thing is, like, if I say something and I, in the moment, I'm like, wait, that was, that was so mean. Why would I say that? Like, why would I think... Like, that's not true. What I just said to myself about myself is that's not a true statement. So just like take that away. Um, I'm really mindful about my relationship with food. We didn't really get into like food stuff, but I do I I do have a complicated his or relationship with it. I'm I'm working through that still. Um, and I just want to like plug because I probably will plug this every episode we get. Um, meditation has changed my life, and I just yeah. like can't recommend it enough um I just it makes me feel so powerful and so strong and it helps me find like the beauty and my strength um you you know like the difference between me meditating and not meditating oh huge and it, it, it's so crazy it feels so wild to be like somebody that says this but it's true it is literally life-changing um I also I also am in therapy and I have been, I have been in therapy since I was about 13 years old. So I've, I've been in therapy for a really long time and, and I will likely be in therapy my whole life because it is so amazing and so helpful. And I'm currently working with a therapist who uses, um, IFS, which is internal family systems. I believe it's called, um, there's a book called no bad parts, which really details it if anybody's interested. Um, but I just want to say you know, to wrap up our conversation on, on body image and self-image, it is obviously hard for everybody. And ultimately, we're all just trying to do our best. And that's really all we can do. Um, what I want to encourage everyone to do is to fucking talk about it. Because you're just simply not alone. You are simply right. not alone in the thoughts that you have. Um as somebody who is like very lightly only now at a point in my life where I can talk about disordered eating, um, I am just blown away by the people who have related and have thing, their own stories to say. I mean, the way that I think it is, it is heartbreaking the way that other women in my life talk about their bodies and it's so hard to hear that we all battle these things, but it's also why I wanted to have this conversation um, one, because we do talk about this stuff a lot, all the time. I mean, this is really, like, just an hour and a half snippet of, like, a you know, our daily lives where we talk about this stuff all the time. Right. But I just, like, talk about it. Talk about it with your friends. Talk about it with your families. Talk about it because, because you're not alone. Because we all have these thoughts, good, bad, otherwise. And so, you know, we just want to share some talk, of our talk, thoughts. Talk, 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 talk. I think that was probably the impetus behind this wanting to do this podcast yeah. is these are just things we talk about right. all the time, whenever, however, like we just talk, we talk, 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 talk. 
like and then we talk talk, 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 talk a little bit more talk some more and then I cry and then we talk some more and then I'm like are we done yet and she's like no and I'm like okay no no let's keep going (laughs) (laughs) that is how it goes so thank you so much for joining us for a second episode I think this is just going to be maybe just like a little long episode Um, (laughs) so ignore the the caveat at the front that says it's going to be two because it's it's not I just think I'm going to drop it as one um perfect but thank you I mean seriously thank you to everybody this is only our second episode we haven't even dropped the first episode but like we had such a sweet response to the trailer and it's just been really really fun for us to just go on this journey that is fun that is what it is it's for us to to just talk to each other and then like now we just like want to share that with other people and 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 be um on the lookout on our Instagram because eventually we are going to add um little prompts and we want to like know what anybody would like to hear us talk about or if anybody wants to be involved in the conversation like you know submitting things and we'd love to just like have you know do we have a topic for our next yeah um yeah i think we're gonna maybe do like friends relationships okay something like that yeah okay we'll see how it goes um and then we're gonna get into grief we get into grief that'll be a heavy one real sad um but again thank you so much for listening this is combos with my mom subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts spotify apple music stitcher public radio Castbox. you're the one amazon music you're the one with all the uh yeah the info charlotte does all the work i just show up she's a talent <laughs> all right thanks everybody. peace out